catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. From the COVID-19 pandemic to two major recessions, an unstable political situation, the collapse of oil prices, two major recessions, breakneck inflation, high unemployment, more than 20 million people looking for jobs in 2021, and many up and going, you know, to other countries with the trend known as Jakba. Oh, the recent Naira crisis too. All of these things put together, you know, have not helped Nigeria or Nigerians seeking financial alternatives. In 2022, the Central Bank of Nigeria announced its intentions to redesign the Naira, issue new notes, combat inflation, counterfeiting. Well, it depends on where you sit on, but Nigerians are still going through some certain level of uncertainty in terms of finances. Just after the COVID pandemic lockdown period, the buzzword in Nigeria was crypto. Yes. Okay. Well, P2P, peer-to-peer markets became a popular way to buy and sell cryptocurrencies in the country until a regulation came into place. Now, blockchain solutions and consulting from Convexity released a report that gave a f- some fresh insights into the complexities of the day-to-day crypto peer-to-peer market in what is Africa's largest crypto market, Nigeria. You're surprised? Nigeria? Yes. Still Africa's largest crypto market, despite the many uncertainties that has hit those within that space in the last few years. Well, I have with me today Abel Goji, a data research analyst with a first-class degree in maths and the head of the data and research team at Convexity Technologies Limited, and Sandy Omniabos, I hope I said the name right. She's a data and research analyst with broad-based experience across agro-allied and IT industries. In addition to her work as a data and research analyst, she contributes as a contributing author on Educative Answers. It's a free web encyclopedia for developers. Hi, Good day. How are you doing today? Let's start with Sandy. Sandy, how are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you, Angie. Well, I'm okay. I'm good. And Abel, how are you today? Thank you, Tony. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us on this call. Beautiful. Where do we begin? What was it like before we had the regulation on cryptocurrency trading in Nigeria? Abel. Okay, so as speaking of regulation, I think we generally, publicly, people came to know about this regulation store when uh, the CBN released a ban for banks to you know, restrict aiding crypto companies, you know, carry out transactions. So I think that is where it became so public to people as to, oh, really, what is this? What is really going on here? And so uh, what is this cryptocurrency all about? And so regulations really started coming at our people's face, right? And so I think that is the point where the whole issue of regulation became well-known or recognized recognized by the general public, as especially when it's regards to cryptocurrencies. Before then, there not really been any say on that, but because of some concerns, I believe, from the central bank, right, they decided to have to come up with the the ban of restricting uh, banks, you know, aiding cryptocurrencies uh, transactions. Hmm. Uh, Sandy, what do you think the impact of this regulation that Abel just mentioned, what impact did it have on the P2P market in Nigeria? Okay, so I would say the ban, it opened the way for more because now people were like, okay, we can't do P2P um, through the banks. So there were more 
informal methods of doing P2P. And also, it, it created more, I say, it created a shift from the informal methods of P2P that we have before. And P2P exchanges also had to innovate according, because of this ban, to ensure that their customers in Nigeria are also still having a means of having exchange, P2P and cryptocurrency exchange. Mm. And and for Abel, how exactly did you go, you know, Convexity go about working on this report? What was the process like? Um, which persons did you speak to? How long did it take to work on this report? And what were also the major findings of the report? Okay, yeah. So I think before I answer that question straight, uh, you know, the whole concept of P2P, P2P has always been there. You understand the concept of uh, buying a and selling just person to person policy, the whole band rather by CBN just made it uh, more bring it to the light of people as to trying to understand okay, what is this really? And since people aren't able to buy uh, cryptocurrency directly from exchanges, right? Yeah, virus means just begins to come up to say, okay, uh, how do we really go about this? How do I sell my Bitcoin? You know, how do I buy Bitcoin and the rest? Since exchanges are no longer uh, allowed to do uh, aid us in doing this transaction and so i think i think they've been a really great shift there right and that's why we are now seeing that volumes even begin to change volumes in packs food volumes in bitcoin uh, local bitcoin, bitcoin also begin to increase and so that's one of the effect of the regulations right uh, of the band rather now uh for this particular research of course the research cut across are uh, trying to understand the state of cryptocurrency general and particularly also the p2p market and so for we at convexity uh Having been in the space for, for a while now, we decided to take a look as to, okay, what is this market really saying, right? And particularly if it's market, what is it really saying? And so we uh, carried out some survey, right? Our team, the whole research team, right, conducted survey targeting key players in the cryptocurrency space, right? People who are OTC traders, right? Uh, people who are, 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 are normal day traders, you know, people who involve themselves in any form of cryptocurrency activity, especially buying and selling. And these key players are people who have been in this space for over four years. And so our our focus, our methodology was basically through uh, surveys, right? Uh, gathering both qualitative and quantitative uh, data from the description. And so uh, this took us for about five months, right? You know, trying to gather a lot of data points, right? Trying to gather a lot of insights from people. And so uh, now in, 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 this, in the research, in the in the survey, right, we ask questions around uh, what are people's pain points, right? Uh, what are the platforms they use uh, before now, right? And uh, what are some of the features they would want to see in some P2P platforms, right? Because in as much as P2P is just buying and selling person to persons, we also have platforms that aid these uh, buying and selling, right? Where you come, I want to buy this, I did a trade, you know, somebody picks the trade, you know. But then the, 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 the platform really doesn't interfere. It's, it's just a there to connect buyers and and. And, sell. and so we are asking, okay, what are some of those features we want to see, uh, the users want to see on those platforms, you know, to aid their P2P uh, transaction. And so some of the notable findings we we, we find uh, is the fact that um, now uh, this platform have their own flaws, right? And uh, they have their own ways of, uh, have their own uh, place of improvement. And so our, our insights from some of those users are cut across, you know, them complaining as to delaying the release of tokens from from, uh, from somebody you are trading with, right? The time it usually takes for a particular trade to 
to settle and of course other network issues and of course bank right in as much as i'm buying tokens from you right uh, I, I, let's say for example i want to buy bitcoin from you it, I, I will require it will be required i send you some some money and so now you might have experienced some delays now in receiving that money now due to bank issues right so these are some of the major concerns uh, some users raised from using uh, some of those platforms so i think i'll just stop here uh, in case there are other people that want to tell you about our questions. Thank you. Mm. So just out of curiosity, for those who are new to the conversation, how exactly are people still able to, you know, go about the P2P trading in Nigeria with that regulation that came in? Okay, yeah. So thank you so much for that. Now, as I've said, P2P happened in various ways, right? Like, okay, I might know Mr. A. Mr. A has some cryptocurrencies, right? And I might come to me and say, okay, I want to buy this particular uh, token from you, right? How do we go about it, right? We initiate a transaction, I send you money, right? You send me whatever token it is I want to buy. But meanwhile, as I said previously, we have some platforms, right, that aid this particular, I don't want to call names, names of platforms, mm-hmm. right? But we have platforms that connect both buyers and sellers of these cryptocurrencies. You get, and so you come on the platform, you say, okay, I want to buy most of these platforms they have an extra account right and so i come on the platform i say okay uh i want to buy crypto uh, token right let's say let me use bitcoin for example i want to buy bitcoin right now the person at the other end right sees a notification that okay abel wants to buy bitcoin you get and so now what the platform does is that the platforms are take that person's token, Mr. A's tokens, right, and holds it, right? Now, I, on my own, I send money to the person's account, right? When I send person, when I send the money to the person's account, meanwhile, the Bitcoin is no longer in Mr. A's hand, right? And so what happened now is that once I send the money to Mr. A's account and he confirms it, right, he on his own, and all he just is to do is just click the button and say, okay, I have received the fund and the Bitcoin will come into my own account. And so at the back end, right, the banks already know what's going on there, right? All they know is that money is being transferred from one account to the other yeah so basically that is just the processes people do you know buying these things apart from uh where i have to meet you directly and say okay fine let's just do face to face and let's meet face to face and do this particular transaction this usually occurs in for otc traders right like over the counter traders where you just have to come on their platform or come on uh, to their office if they have one right to do this transaction uh, with them thank you mm. okay thank you for that clarification Sandy, what was the, you know, maybe favorite part or best part of working on this report or most memorable, um, you know, parts or thing on working on this particular report? Okay, so I'll say for us, it was the interview and survey process. So this was because um, by interviewing all these key players in the industry and receiving insights from the surveys that were distributed, we were able to like expand our knowledge. So for example, if we thought so-so-and-so was happening in the P2P space, and then we got this insight of our account, we're like, oh, okay. So it's not exactly as we thought. So I'll say um, we were learning in the process, so that would be the most memorable as well. Mm. Okay. Now, can you confirm that uh, Nigeria is still top on the continent in terms of, you know, the P2P, you know, trading and market? Yes. So as at the last report, Chinalysis released, mm-hmm. so Africa is still top ranking in terms of P2P trade volume. 
So, despite the many regulatory, especially regulatory challenges um, that has affected that P2P market, what factors kept driving, you know, the sustenance of that particular market in Nigeria? Okay, so I'll say unemployment, one. The fact that cryptocurrency of earning for the Nigerian youth. And also, we have a very youthful population. So, the majority of our youths are within the ages 18, 18 to 34. And youths are more open to innovation, or learning a lot of things. So, we the major population which are youths, we also played a role in driving these volumes because we we are open to learning about blockchain, we're open to exploring and all of that which led to the large volumes that we're currently seeing in Nigeria and the continent at large. And if we're looking at the sentiment based on what you've mentioned now, you know, unemployment, uh, uh, maybe, you know, the fact that the Naira's devaluation is a thing that young people have to deal with and they need alternative sources to store value, right? What sentiments are there about cryptocurrency and the P2P trading in Nigeria? Okay, so I'll say the sentiment currently is well, balancing both positive and neutral. So positive because a lot of persons are learning about blockchain itself, which is the foundation of cryptocurrency, and also cryptocurrency at large, and the possibilities in that sphere that it opens. So everyone is like, okay, oh wow, so this is a new innovation, I want to learn about it. So there's that positive sentiment. And then for the grassroots population that do not really know, they're not really enlightened about cryptocurrency they're still neutral okay i can see what's happening in this space or i'm not sure yet if i want to delve into that so i'll still have a balance of both positive and neutral sentiments now what future exists is there a future for p2p trading cryptocurrency p2p trading in nigeria and this is to both sandy and abel now i'm thinking you know in terms of fighting inflation is there a possibility like is it actually positive in terms of remittances um into nigeria is it also positive um and other things that we're looking at um what exactly is driving the young population in nigeria to go this route what is the future is there a future in it sandy you can go first and then abel okay so i would post regulation post the ban and of recent with the advent of the national blockchain policy. Well, we've seen the central bank um, sort of like softening their stance towards blockchain cryptocurrency. And also, I'll say the future is still very much, okay, so because we see a large influx of remittances via cryptocurrency, because when you look at the, the cost of delivery, the time and everything, everybody is like, oh, okay, so I know that if I send cryptocurrency to Percy B in Nigeria today, he's likely to get it in. He's going to get it in seconds. We're seeing more companies innovate around this cross-border payments, paying for, especially with the foreign exchange and payment of goods, foreign goods. 
we're seeing cryptocurrency play a lot of role in those spaces. And also with the CPN taking an approach of um, training their executives, um, which were also playing a role in that. I would say the future is still very bright and we're going to see massive, massive um, innovation and changes in the future. Mm, thank you, Sandy. Eba, what do you think? Okay, so in terms of adoption, you know, and maybe volume, particularly for the P2P, right? Now, I just asked my colleague, Sandy, I've said, now we are seeing the government are becoming, uh, they are welcoming, right? Trying to really understand this thing called blockchain, right? And this thing called cryptocurrencies. And so uh, for me, I think, um, and also from the our interviews from some of uh, our, uh, our respondents, right? Um, now, we don't like the regulations that might come in next, right? Uh, of course, might be positive or negative, but really now with the way CBN, right, are going, right, and with the way the government is actually going, welcoming, you know, this whole concept of technology, right? Uh, we might see, for me, I think we might see a decline in and uh, P2P now because how it was before is that transaction has been have been conducted through the bank, right? And so if there are policies that actually welcome, okay, let's allow transactions go through the bank again, right? We might see a shift, right, in terms of volume, right, in the normal direct P2P market. But of course, I think it's 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 going to be a welcome one. And um, there's still lots to really, uh, this, the future really holds a lot, especially in, in cryptocurrency trust and even P2P because the space is still really fresh. And I think I, uh, there's still lots to, for the future, you know, also see the future rather thank you mm. so there is a virtual audience if you're listening to this um that are interacting directly right now um i would um, allow for a few minutes interaction so um you they would introduce themselves and you we would have some chit chat about you know, this particular conversation and maybe um the broader blockchain conversation um, that is the mother of you know cryptocurrencies and P2P and that whole discussion. So we can start with um, Yinka or Yoyo. So if you have thoughts on the conversation we've just had now in terms of comments, you know, reactions, you this is like the time to drop it. And then I have like you know a couple of questions also that every other person, um, everyone you know right wow. here can actually contribute to. Oh, absolutely. Um, thank you very much, um, Anthony. Um, love, always love listening to your show, you know, because this is where we get a lot of the insights in the industry. So I am Uyoyo Ogedegbe, and I'm currently, I, I currently serve as the managing director of RAPCDC, um, RAPCDC.com, um, and it's, it's a, it's a stable coin consortium, if you will. And our focus is on, is on changing the infrastructure, you know, changing the, the payment infrastructure, you know, across Africa. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Any thoughts about the conversation we're having right now? Thoughts, comments from Uyuyo before I move to Yinka? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the way I approach the topic is as far as, as far as peer-to-peer trading, peer-to-peer trading is as old as, as man, right? If you think about it, it's trade by butter, right? I have something you want, um, you have something I want, you know, I'm willing to exchange it for you. So money, money and everything in between is just a means to do that trade by butter. And as long as the payments infrastructure, you know, regulation around payments 
regulation around the exchange of you know of these items cryptocurrencies you know stable coins or terrorists as long as the regulation is not clear you know a lot of this transaction is just going to go underground but it's going to continue growing um it's here to stay you know fortunately or unfortunately so we're better off just coming out with clear cut regulation to encourage the right type of players you know to participate in this space and to move the space forward but if regulation remains unclear and you know a lot of these transactions continue to happen on small closed whatsapp groups and telegram and telegram groups then the government it becomes harder and harder for the government to keep track of you know who who is transacting who is spending money they are, they are very serious concerns as far as like anti-money laundering terrorist financing so it's, it's very important that the government is able to you know to properly encourage and guide players in this space and i you know um fortunately i would say the cbn have been have been doing a lot they've been very engaging they've been very interactive um you know on what's the best path forward so yeah okay. the future is looking good okay thank you yoyo now generally right how much of progress in terms of dealing with the CBN and other regulators how much of progress has the cryptocurrency and the blockchain industry seen in Nigeria now i i'm saying this because right now it doesn't look like there is a clear cut you know path you know to especially cryptocurrencies you know and how they're managed in the country but there was a particular you know announcement of some kind of taxation you know <laughs> on products you know and you know, within this space and seeing that we have a new government um, in Nigeria are we expecting you know clear cut paths are we expecting a change in direction in terms of being very clear on what we're supposed to do in this industry now this is open anyone can actually you know target this and make comments and thoughts share thoughts on this oh, okay so i let me um so i at convexity um we've been engaging a lot with the regulators you know by and large and not just in nigeria rwanda kenya you know globally we have members of convexity that are part of the the digital euro association so in across across Africa and Europe, we've been engaging with regulators, and I, I need to say this: um, I'm not sure that there's anywhere where the regulation is absolutely clear, right, on the next steps, because we have to realize it's still a very nascent industry. It's very important to allow innovation without necessarily stifling it. So it's still fairly early to come up with any sort of like robust regulation around this space. Because the space is still growing very quickly, every other month there's there's something new, there's a new technology, there's a new path forward in in the blockchain space. So it's um yeah I think the approach the government should be taking, and I think that's the approach many governments are now taking. In. Instead of coming up with like a hammer, or like a fool, you're trying to come up with a robust regulation to regulate something that's not entirely clear yet. Um, the approach should be create sandboxes right um allow allow serious players in the space you know take the lead allow innovators take the lead create sandboxes write them letters of no no objection 
just allow them watch them closely but allow them innovate allow innovators innovate right and i think that's that's the approach uh, the federal reserve in the us is now taking um they, i think they announced that early last week and that's also the approach you know the cbn you know is taking in nigeria so i don't know who copied it. i think at this point it was the us federal reserve that copied the the nigerian cbn but yeah that's um, the approach um, i'm aware that they are now taking right we would create sandboxes for you. You know, sandboxes are basically regulatory environments to allow startups, you know, and innovators innovate. So would allow you innovate and would watch you closely, right? Without trying to without trying to guess what that innovation will be like in the future and try to come up with a stifling regulation. So I think that's the approach they are now taking. And luckily we're the leaders in, in C B D C with the INAIRA. You know, Nigeria is, is, is a leader in central bank digital currency. And yes, the Inara, the first Inara did not do too well. But I'm, I'm also aware that they are implementing something called the Inara 2.0, right? That brings the banking system together, you know, encourages commercial banks to innovate, encourages blockchain players to innovate around the Inara. And, you know, at Convexity as well, we're also, we're also official partners of the Inara. And we've been very involved in building the inner 2.0 on the, on the engineering side. So yeah, um, I, I'll definitely say that's that's a good approach. That's probably the best approach at this point. Create sandboxes, um, give these companies letters of no no objection. You know, let them innovate, let them move forward. And when 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 the space has matured a bit, then regulators can come in and it, it's it's be clear at them to say, okay, this is the exact regulation we need for the space. But for now, I think they've taken the best approach, right? With sandboxes, um, like a fantastic company is doing um, mtech. Mtech dots. Mtech is doing like this very interesting sandboxes for for different central banks across Africa, right? Um, so yeah, I think I think that's the right approach, um, and I think would a lot of progress would come out of this. Okay. Any other thoughts on this before we, you know, any other thoughts on this, Abel, Sandy? Okay, uh, so uh, for me, I think uh, just in addition to what Mr. Uh, you just said, you know, this is just tilting towards, uh, you know, compliance and, 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 and all of you, and that's who the OSS of regulations and the rest. But really, I think uh, the government should still be very, very open, all right? Just as, of course, as they are, like the CBN, we are currently trailing them on uh, the whole concept of blockchain and the rest, which is also, it's also a very welcome one, right? And so... They should continue to be very open, right? Interact with key people in the space. Now, uh, you don't you don't come up with regulations for people in a particular space when you don't even know what is going on in this space, right? And so, this is much more easier when you interact with these people, right? And and you know try to understand, okay, what is this? What what is going on here, right? How do we better improve this, right? What are some of the things, strategies we can really do to come up with our things that will better the nation because when you look at the volumes right that have been carried out in terms of cryptocurrency and the rest that is a very huge amount of money right that the government can also benefit from of course of course from true taxes and and the rest right i believe so much where of course we're also building a solution where uh our taxation on, on cryptocurrency is going to be very very possible right and so things around this government should you know be very very open continue to collaborate with some of the key stakeholders right as they are doing which is very very common right and of course we'll continue to see progress in this space thank you thank you so finally this thought just came to my head i know a couple of countries on the continent have signed up for the 
caps that payment system under the Africa Continental Free Trade Area Agreement. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the Central Bank of Kenya, I think it was uh, just a few days ago, right? Probably last week. Nigeria, yeah. almost all of West Africa. And this is supposed to be, you know, make payments easier, smoother, um, ensure that Africans trade with Africans much more than we do because it's... I think very importantly, without having to go through the dollar. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, So, is there any sort of relationship, right, between... Or is there any meeting point between, you know, what we have in the cryptocurrency space and what the AFCFTA is trying to achieve with PAPS? Any meeting points, any um, things we can learn or places where they like, where there are intersections... Yes, absolutely. Um, very good point. So for, for PAPS, I'm aware that PAPS is an initiative of the Afro-Exim Bank. And I'm aware that several African countries have started trading you know, on that Pan-African payment settlement system. Um, it's basically the NIBS for Africa, if you like. And yeah, it's, it's a very interesting time. But I can, I'm also aware that a lot of the technology powering PAPS is built on, on blockchain. Right, it's built on blockchain technology. And, you know, a lot of the core people behind PAPS are Nigerians too. So very interesting times for us. One of the key companies, right, behind the PAPS technology is also, you know, it's a company that Convext is also very, you know, involved with. So yeah, I can I can tell you for sure that PAPS is, is built to to a good extent on blockchain technology. And yeah, blockchain, you know, the, the technology is, 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 is going to change our world as we know it. Okay, thank you very much. Um, it's been an interesting um, conversation with you all. Um, would there be any um, final comments or thoughts that would want to be shared um, by anyone right now? Abel, Sandy, um, Uyoyo, any final thoughts as we wrap up the conversation today? Yeah, so I'd say cryptocurrencies have, have a bad rap, right? Especially in Nigeria, because I suppose... <laughs> You know, when people, most people really learned about like Bitcoin and all this stuff was during MMM and, you know, the whole several points of this game. So many people have just never gotten over that, you know, that bad branding and that bad image. But the technology brought by this, this new technology, the opportunities are immense. Um, it's, it's changing the world in real time. And across the world, everybody's now taking blockchain very seriously, right? the U.S. government, we were at BlackRock's office, BlackRock in New York. So BlackRock is the biggest is the biggest investment fund in the world. And they manage around 10 trillion U.S. dollars in assets, 10 trillion U.S. dollars in assets. That's several times higher than the GDP of Africa. So we were at their headquarters in New York last week. And I can tell you that BlackRock, the U.S., every serious player, even BRICS, right? Every serious player is taking blockchain very seriously. Because it it changes the way transactions happen, right? So the current payments infrastructure just it simply cannot carry the the load that we are putting on it. The current payments infrastructure was built in the nineties, you know, and these systems um, are unable to successfully carry the load, right? But yeah, so uh, blockchain is that is that new rail. Blockchain is the new infrastructure that would substantially improve the way payments are made, especially you know, cross-border payments. So very, very interesting times. Thank and, you. And I encourage more Nigerians yeah, to, mm-hmm. to, to get involved in this space because mm. it's a very interesting place. Yeah. Okay. Abel, any final thoughts from you, Abel? 
Okay, yeah. So uh, for me, like I know the whole concept of blockchain is like a moving train, right? And I would still want to encourage, you know, people to, you know, try to understand what is really going on in this space, right? What is this space talking about, right? What is the whole concept of blockchain and how they can even leverage it, right? Because we've seen many companies, you know, uh, using particular convexity. Most of our solutions are actually built uh, on the blockchain. So there are a lot of things that can be done, right, uh, using the blockchain. And so I just want to, you know, encourage people to get to know what is this technology all about now and particularly for this particular research right now we carry out of course with the continued growth and adoption of p2p trading right of course there's only going to be expectation for great achievements right uh, such as increase in financial inclusion you know empowering of individual however uh, it is i think it is very um it is even important that we note that there are some risks right that are involved in uh in some of these things right and so uh, such as fraud and that is where the issue of compliance i said uh maybe government concerns and you know trying to come up with uh, things that we cop our ama anti-money laundering you know and, and a lot of frauds you know around this space right and so it's also good that people should be very very careful right about this space too right but that doesn't usually learn about this space learn about this space and also be very very cautious about this space you know uh, what are some of the loopholes in this space if they are right you know and and, and all of you so Thank you so much. That is just that for me. And Sandy, any final thoughts? Okay, so I think Mr. Yeah, Mr. Ilo have covered pretty much everything. So I'll just say um, beyond that, like the government should also have like internal roundtable discussions with players in this space and um, people who also wanted who also want to learn about blockchain, cryptocurrency, and digital assets. Okay, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts here on you know my show. Thank you. I look forward to having you know your maybe at the end of the year again, so we can look at uh, the whole cryptocurrency space on the con in Nigeria and maybe on the continent, and you know share some thoughts about them. So thank you very much to Abel and to Sandy, to Uyuyo, and the whole team at Convexity. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.